How beautiful, O oh God, is the body of Christ that lives your word and lives your will out in this world. Lord, we gave to you today a portion of that which you have richly blessed us with. But Lord, we commit to you that we will give to you our very lives in all that we do and all that we say. Receive these gifts, O oh God. Multiply them as only you can. In Christ's name, amen. That song was perfect. It was perfect. So good morning, everybody. I bet you're wondering how in the world it happened that I am right here in front of all of you. Don't worry, I wonder the same thing. So part of this is a story to tell you how this happened, how this life stewardship came about and how it happened. And let's see. All right, so you guys may know I'm on the finance team. Oh, I know. Thank you, Constance. Take my mask off. I'm on the finance team, and we got a report that had some action items on it. So I sent an email and said, hey, I'm willing to help with some of these things. Kim Grubb, she's laughing. She knows where this is going. Who else is laughing out there? Do you know where this is going? Got help to, or I asked, I said, I'll, I'll help, right? I'll help. Go to the next slide if you would. Help on some of these things. So, yep, you guessed it. I did get asked to head it up, but that's okay. I've got ideas. I can do that. I can, I can lead something. I don't really like to, but I can lead something. So I, um, I met with Pastor Jeremy to see what things he was wanting for this project. And guess what? It was not at all what I had in mind. Like, I didn't even know what he was talking about on one of the things. It was computer stuff. I can't even speak intelligibly about it. And the other was way outside of my comfort zone. Way outside my comfort zone. So, panic struck in a few moments. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? So how did this happen? Well, I think God has a sense of humor. That's what I think. Anybody else experience God's sense of humor in their life? Yep, yep, lots of people experience a sense of humor. Well, that's what happens. God has a sense of humor. Because my plans were to stay in the background. I like to be a back, a back worker, behind-the-scenes worker. I love to work behind the scenes. I do not like to stand here. And this, the mic, I really hate that. Ask Miss <laughs> Dana or Miss Mary when we sing, I try to be as far away from the mic as possible. It is an evil. <laughs> and I'm still the loudest. It's really awful. So here I am with one of these things clipped. So, um, you know, God says in Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So, yes, sister, the plans to stay in the back seat. Uh-uh. That's not the case. But you know, sometimes that's how life is, right? Sometimes God has a different plan for us. Most of the time, it ends up being a better plan. We just don't know it. And we kind of got to get over ourselves to be a part of whatever that plan is. So back to the story. Back to the panic of that's not at all what I had in mind. So tried to get over the initial shock of what in the world am I going to do. And I tried to accomplish two things. 
One is, how can I still be helpful to what this project is and what we're trying to accomplish? And then two, how can it be meaningful to both what the project needs and and what I think I can bring to the table, what things I do have to offer? And so the wheels started turning in my head and I was talking with Pastor Jeremy about the different things that, that, that we could do and it kind of all started to fit together. Like, well, what I can do is I can talk with people and assess their needs and assess different areas of life and what things they need help with that they want to know more about. Um, I can assess that. I can engage people in conversation and what is important to them. And I can coordinate whatever education people are wanting to know or classes or I can, I can do those type of things. And the financial piece can be a part of that. This was the finance team. I don't even like to sell Girl Scout cookies, but we can talk about finances as part of the big picture of something else. And then as the leadership part, you know, I don't like that either. I can find people who know things about computers and coordinate things, and I can try to help them stay on track. So those are things I can do. So what are some of the things about life that are common to us all? So there's legal stuff. Like, I should have a plan in place that if something happens to me in JR, it's clear what's going to happen to our kids and how, who is going to be in charge of our finances and how are our finances going to be used to raise our kids. But we don't have that in place. I don't even know where to start. So legal things. There's legal things we might all have. Medical, financial pieces. Our marriages. Is anybody interested in, in ways to, to encourage and strengthen our marriages or how to raise our kids? Um, relationships. Recycling. I'm a recycle nerd. Maybe other people are interested in how do we be good stewards of the earth and the resources we have of the earth. And certainly spiritual life, which we talk about pretty much every Sunday. All of these things are common to us. Sometimes they go pretty well. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes we know what to do, like the medical stuff I'm pretty good at. I can navigate that pretty well. But sometimes we don't, like the legal stuff. Sometimes people are more knowledgeable than us about other things. So all of us have something that we're good at. All of us are doing this life, and we're doing it together. So these are things that are common to us all. Um, sometimes we need people to help us muddle through what's happening. And you know what's interesting is that our neighbors, they may be in the same boat as us. They may need help with their kids or their marriages or any of these areas. So it's not just us and Good Shepherd. It can be, it can be all sorts of folks. So during that meeting with Pastor Jeremy, all this happened. Do you know how things in your mind can happen in, like, milliseconds? But it's really a lot of stuff. Well, well, that's how this was. All this was happening in the same few milliseconds. So I was sharing with Pastor Jeremy some of what these thoughts were that I was having, and he titled these, this whole concept Life Stewardship. Not just financial stewardship, but life stewardship. And that's where this concept of life stewardship was born. And over the last few months, the concept has become more clear in what it is and what the hopes are and the purposes and how how things fit together. Um, So life stewardship, it's about managing our resources, but not just my resources, but ours collectively. Managing our resources to do life more abundantly. That's what we're called. That's what Jesus wants for us is an abundant life. But we have to do it in a way that honors who we are in Christ that puts him first, that does it his way. That's a biblical approach to how we do life. All of life, all of those things, and probably things that I didn't even list up there. 
And talking about an abundant life, an abundant life doesn't mean that our problems go away. They don't go away, do they? They're still there. They still trouble us. Maybe they keep us up at night. Maybe they stress us out and we stress eat, which is what I've done all week, getting ready for this, in case you wanted to know. But a life filled um, with abundance, you're still full, even though the problems don't go away. You're still full because your center is on him. You let everything run through him. Your rose-colored glasses through him. All of it is based on him. So your life can still be full and abundant despite those problems still being there. Life stewardship practically reaches out to others. In our shared life space, not just here in our congregation, but our neighbors too. And we journey together as we try to learn how to navigate life together. It's living together, caring for one another, growing, teaching, sharing resources toward a common goal. And that's why that song is perfect, Dana, because the church body is beautiful. We can be beautiful. We are beautiful. And whatever is not beautiful, we should work to create and make it beautiful. It's being one church, one people moving toward the same goal. That's the hope for life stewardship. And so what we did, um, let's see, what did I do with my bulletin? What we did was come up with a, a survey, and it's in your bulletin, and then it's also going to be on the website, and uh, will be sent out via a text link later on. Um, and thank, very, very many thanks to the people who technologically made that happen, because that's just not my cup of tea. Um, What I'm hopeful for is to really assess what are some of the areas that as a congregation we would like to know more about. What what kind of priorities should we we give in the things that we talk about? Um, so, So in there I've got just different suggestions, but there's blank spaces for other things that are important to you. And toward the back, um, it it asks you, what's the best way for you to learn these type of things? How can we provide this information? And then there's also an opportunity that if you have skills and knowledge that you would be willing to share on these topics, to let us know, because we're wanting to serve each other, to love each other together, to get through life together. That's the hope, is that we can all engage together moving forward. So it's the second page in your bulletin. Uh, now and then the website and also on the text link. I do want to continue to emphasize how it's not just for us, but our neighbors can be a part of this too. I feel like one of the ways that we can reach out, you know, relationally, that's how we grow disciples, right, is relationships and building relationships. And many of our peers who may not be interested in knowing Jesus at this point may be interested in doing a will or some of these other types of things. Okay, so back to the story. So how did it happen? So that was life stewardship. That's kind of where life stewardship. But how did it happen again that I'm standing in this place with this microphone on today? I also believe that in, a, in, in addition to a sense of humor, that God honors an, a willing and obedient heart. I think he wants to move us out of our comfort zone, and boy, has he done that today. And definitely God has a plan. So I very much want to do what God wants me to do. And I really want to do it cheerfully. I really, really hope to reap the abundant life that God has for me and my family. 
I'm very hopeful for those things. And I know that if I keep him first, that those things will happen. Those are promises he gives us. They will happen. And I strive to keep him at the center. I really miss the mark a whole lot of times. But that's, that's the goal. And I really felt open to this idea and this concept of life stewardship. So one day, I'm sitting in my recliner. It happened to be May the 17th. I went back and looked. It was May the 17th. I'm sitting in my recliner. I have my Bible out. I was doing the, um, one of the faith, faith essentials studies, and I was toggling between doing this and looking for ideas about life stewardship and how to go about making this a thing. When God started moving, and <laughs> scriptures just split it in, and thoughts just split it across, and soon my, the notes page on my phone was filled. And I know what that means. Do y'all know what that means? I know what that means. It means I'm supposed to stand right here one day and do this. So, instead of a super cheerful heart, I sent Jeremy an email with the title of BLAST! Exclamation point. Lots of them. I am loath to send you this because I really don't want to. I have been searching, researching for life stewardship, and an entire sermon is developing. Can you just see me in there with my uncheerfulness? Stop that, God. Don't do that. I don't like it. How many have said that to? <laughs> Lots of times. But it's pointless to argue with God. And it's much easier just to do what he wants you to instead of ignore those promptings, that holy discontent. It's just much easier. It took me a long time to realize that, but it is just so much easier just do what he wants you to do. So, here we go. Jeremy responds back, Ha, ha, you're in. That's how it happened. That's why I'm here today. The story of how that happened. God prepared all this in advance. The good thing is, it's not my story. These are not my words. These are his words that I'm passing on. So the message today is twofold. One is the story that I've already shared. And two are these groups of scriptures that he gave to me. Now this is all sitting down in my chair in the recliner on May the 17th. Okay? This is where this all came from. So the first one was Galatians 5.15. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Gracious mercy. What a way to start out, God. But you know, God's lessons often start with a warning, don't they? It's not all roses. There is a part that we should play. So let's put it in context, too, and see what they were doing. So in this, in Galatians, looking a little, little farther, going to 13 through 15, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly and in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbors as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. It made a little more sense putting it into context. All right, the next one. That he gave to me. First Peter four and chapter four, verses eight and ten. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Today I heard lots of from Dana serving, being one body. All of this just fits together perfectly. Now I did give her some keywords of things that I was going to talk about. But I just love how God puts all this together. We didn't communicate other than a few key words. All right, moving on. Genesis 3.8. These just seem so random. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God. They're walking through the garden. They heard the sound of the Lord God. And then the last, 1 Corinthians, and there's several, several in chapter 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many parts. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And the things that that Rabbi Rick, I'm not sure where he went, said, all of it just has fit so beautifully together. At the time, however, I was like, what in the world does this mean? (laughs) These are so very random in what you're giving to me. How How do you fit the pieces together? But over the last weeks, the pieces have been falling into place. So let's think back a little bit about where we've been. We've been talking about small groups. We've been talking about growing our faith and returning back to the essentials. We've been talking about putting our faith front and center. We've been talking about growing disciples who grow disciples. Trying to get back to what's most important and basic about our faith. Moving people out of their comfort zones. (laughs) That's been talked about. We've seen that with the the small group with Shelley and Kim and Virginia and Stephanie. We've seen that. We've listened to how they've been studying and intentionally growing and how what they have come to is life-changing for them. And that the hope is that it's life-changing for us too in whatever way that that might look like. And that we have experiences that deepen our knowledge of God the knowledge of him and his will for us in our lives, and not just us, but all of those around us, to make disciples. To stop playing at church, barely scraping by spiritually, but to have that deeper relationship with God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To receive spiritual direction and insights that once were lost upon us, you know, that we don't even know we don't have. I've been in that place many, many times where I think I'm in a good spot spiritually, and then I learn something more, and then I learn something more. And you keep growing, and you never knew what you were even missing. And if we don't intentionally request and beg God to fill us with that, we'll keep missing it. It's that full life, that life abundant. That's what we're hoping for. So, to sum up how all those pieces fit together... And if you remember, Acts 2.42, that little section that we've been talking about every Sunday for the last six weeks or so, I say you guys Latin. So kind of summing up what those are talking about. 
devoted to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, believers being together with all things in common. Sounds familiar, huh? To do life together, not just spiritually, but do life together. To love each other, care for each other. All of this fits. Growing, teaching, sharing resources toward the common goal. These were notes he gave to me May 17th. And these, these following weeks, we've been talking about this in here. Similarly, I think the first Peter fits in here too. To love each other and use our gifts to serve each other. So that fit in with where we've been. And then the Galatians, don't bite and devour each other. We need to seek to understand where each of us is coming from. We have to show the world how we can disagree respectfully and still love each other with Christ as the center. To remove petty differences. Sometimes things aren't petty. Sometimes they're a big deal. And so it's not okay just to label them all petty. Sometimes they're really big and they really hurt us. But how do we continue to go and to love and to serve and to do life together despite those things? The only way is through Christ. We can't do it. Our piddly little human selves, we're going to fight and complain and stomp and whatever. It has to be by Christ. We have to exhibit those fruits of the Spirit, that self-control. I don't have a lot of it. It has to come from somebody else have to demonstrate to our world and our young people how to do this because they're the future. There's, they are what is coming up. We have to teach them these things and demonstrate that so they have our example to follow. One people, one church moving toward the same goal. You know, we've been doing life together. We got through COVID together. We have been paying down our debt together. Some have had kids. Some of us are raising kids together. We've seen failing health of parents, friends, other family. But we've done it together. And let's keep doing this together. Even though we're unique people, we can do it together. And then listening and hearing for the sound of God in Genesis. We're never going to know what God is saying if we don't hear what he sounds like. If we're not listening for him. We have to know what he sounds like. We have, to, we have to spend time with him to be able to hear him, to know that it's him that's speaking to us. We have to commune with God. You've got to be able to tell your own story. This just happens to be my part of this story. But you have a story to tell. Maybe he'll send you up here to tell it. I don't know. I hope I don't have to do this again. But we have to have our own story, and we have to listen to him. We have to know who we're hearing. At one point, what I thought I might do is, is um, play snippets of just voice recordings of people to see, do you know who it is? And then play somebody that you wouldn't have any idea who it is. With my twins, they sound different on the phone. They can, they can answer the phone, and they just sound different. I know who they are because I'm their mama. But now Judy's twins... I don't know them well enough, Gabriel and Christian. I don't know them well enough to know by the sound of their voice who is who because I haven't spent as much time with them. I don't know. So, so there's a difference. We have to know. So the bottom line is what message is God giving to you today? I don't know what message each person here is to receive today. But I believe that God gave me this message to give to everybody because he has something for us to learn. I don't have to know. I don't really want to know what your part is. 
It's, it's fine to know, but that's not, that's not my role. My role is to do the part he has given me today. It's kind of exciting. It's kind of exciting to see where we've gone and how we fit it all together for these last few weeks. How on May 17th, all of this has fit together the way it has and ended up with life stewardship here at the very end. I think it's exciting. And in my notes I wrote, and it's exciting to imagine what's next. I really didn't plan it that way. (laughs) But what is coming up next is Melissa is going to share with us a little bit about imagine what's next. So whenever I looked back over my notes, I was like, you are so funny, God. Imagine what's next. I love it. So that is, that is my message, and I'll turn it over to Miss Melissa for her part. Which one was it? How do I turn this on? I saw him. Oh, okay. Thank you. Talk about being out of your comfort zone. Rick hands me this, and I'm like, what do I do with that? I don't, can't I just have a mic? And so thank you for totally throwing me off, Rick. Um, Now, Misty, thank you so much. What a wonderful message, and it is appropriate, and the update and Imagine What's Next is about what she's talking about, too. It's about doing life together, doing church together, and it's not just about finances. It's about everything that we do together as a church, and that's what Imagine What's Next is about for us because, you know, for three and a half years we've been in this what do we have to do, and Imagine was all about that. It's like we have to pay the debt down, we have to get at a place where we're comfortable and we can navigate a little bit better how we move forward. So what's important to us in Imagine What's Next is that we do that together too. So this is what the update today, I just wanted to share with you very quickly a few things. So just a reminder, um, what I shared last time, we are going to have a kickoff for Imagine What's Next on August 29th. You will learn more about what this, uh, this whole program is about and what we have planned for you on that day. We'll have one service. It's the fifth Sunday. And we'll also have lunch. And anything that you continue giving through the, under the Imagine umbrella between uh, the end of June and the end of August, on August 29th, those will be first fruits. So continue to give as you feel led to give, and we'll communicate with everyone on that day what we've what we've uh, been able to contribute together as a team. And then uh, pretty soon, I'd say within the next couple of weeks, you're going to start seeing some decor happening, some things growing in and around the church. So be looking for that and get excited as you see those things happening. So what's coming up next is um, what you can expect with Imagine What's Next. I told you I would share just a few little uh, things to kind of get us excited and, and know where we're going here. So imagine what's next is going to be more of a quarterly event and a touch base and update with everyone because, you know, imagine we got together once a year and we celebrated everything that we'd done in that, in that year. But now that we're getting closer to paying the debt off, we're starting to move forward with a few of those things that we may need to do or we may want to do as a church. We feel like um, touching base with you every quarter is where we need to be, so we're going to do that. So every quarter we'll get together and just uh, celebrate what we've accomplished that quarter. Uh, Now, with Imagine What's Next as well, we're going to start talking about some giving options. We've not really had a lot of options up until now. Go back one slide still, please. Yeah. Um, You know, this may be, you know, with Imagine What's Next, or Imagine, 
we asked you to tell us how you're going to contribute. You know, do you want to give to Imagine monthly or a lump sum or, you know, periodically? But with Imagine What's Next, you can kind of flex that how that makes most sense for you. If you want to contribute to um, our programs and what we have planned, you can give quarterly, monthly, or however. Like I said, it's flexible. It's up to you. Some options there. And then also, while we need to stay focused on eliminating our debt and paying off our mortgage, we also recognize that you know, we also need to start thinking about some capital projects. Uh, those are our have-to-do things, right, because we, we have some deferred maintenance on the building and there are some things we need to do. But then there are also those projects that we may want to do. We have some things that, you know, we'd like to see the church be able to do that we think would help support our ministry. And the, um, the questionnaire that Davis flashed just a few seconds ago is also in your bulletin, and he can advance now if he'd like. This is just to gauge your opinion. Like Mitzi said, we're going to do this together. We've been in that, that place of what we have to do for so long that as we do start moving forward with some of those things we need to do, like our capital projects or we want to do, like our heart projects is what we're calling those, we want to hear from you. We want to know what's, what's important to you. Now, ultimately, church council will make these decisions and, and give us some direction and, and prioritize these things, but... We feel like it's important to make sure we're engaged with you and we know what you're thinking as well. So if you will just let us know, just choose uh, one of the options for each of those line items. It's not an all-inclusive list. Uh, we just put some things there that we know church council has talked about or that we've heard from you or Davis is our facilities manager has told us, you know, these things are coming down the road for us um, from a capital perspective. So just let us know your opinion. We'll take your responses and we'll share those with church council and hopefully be able to make some recommendations. And then as we move forward with Imagine What's Next and we give you some of these options for ways to give and, and places where you can help us invest, then you will know why we're doing it and how we arrived there. So that's my update today. Uh, thank you so much for participating. Oh, and your questionnaire is, there is a paper copy in the bulletin if you like paper, but it's also on the website, and I believe you'll get a text link as well. So that may be easier for you to do that electronically, and that'll be fine. Thank you. Nick? much Mitzi that was wonderful thank you thank you thank you and thank you Melissa thank you so much church let's stand together and let's end our service today just worshiping the Lord
so, my friends. A couple weeks ago, we were challenged by Shelley and Robert on behalf of the church council to be in prayer, in corporate prayer together as a family. I want to remind you of that prayer today, and actually there are two. We've combined them together, and I want you to pray those with me, and I want you to take them home with you and pray them every day as a family that God will continue to pour out God's Holy Spirit upon us as we are the body in this community. So let us now pray together. Dear Lord, please be with the leaders of the United Methodist Church globally within this conference and here at Good Shepherd. Give them guidance and wisdom as they lead us. God, thank you for all that you have provided to our church. Please give us guidance to eliminate our debts and to use our finances wisely. In Jesus' name, amen. My friends, God has called us to be the body of Christ in this world. God has called us to be the family called Good Shepherd in this community, not in this building. Ooh. Was that a yell? I'm sorry. Let me try that. Uh, And I'm not going to soften it up. God has called us to be the church in this community. Good shepherd in this community, not just in this building. God has an amazing mission, an amazing possibility for us. So go forth. Receive the Holy Spirit for the work that God has for us. And may the blessings of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day that you are the body in the world. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. Go with God.